0: Hey everybody, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. We're the Menschwarmers.
1: I'm Jamie and I'm here with my friend Gabe. Hi, I'm Gabe. Uh, We are the Menschwarmers. It is your Jewish sports and the Awakening of Maudie Woltenbruch recap podcast. Have you seen uh, the Awakening of Maudie Wolkenbruch? No, I have not. Um, This is a...
0: Jewish, German movie that Netflix keeps telling me I want to watch, but I don't actually want to. Do you think Netflix knows that you're Jewish? Absolutely. hundred percent. You think? From what? What are your tells? I think the content that I've perused, for sure, and that I didn't immediately turn away from the Adventures of Modi Wolchenbruch. Right. uh, Ad.
1: ad. Oh, this guy's watched Fauda. He, we know.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I think, okay, for you, they know because you've watched Diesel. That's right. Um, but I think it's more basic than that. It's simply like it's a demographic splicing yeah. where they're like, well, we know what Jews tend to do. And it's like, we know that Gabe has done some of those things. Right,
1: that, for sure. And, 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 and I, therefore, you're Jewish. Yes. And yeah. there, do you think there's any non Jewish people that haven't watched Diesel that are getting this movie? push to them no i don't think so um
0: i think i think it's like one of those things it's like there's so much there on netflix that you have no idea what's
1: there for sure unless it
0: tells you what what you want to see
1: though i have another thought which is they've changed the name to the awakening of maddie waltenbrook whereas it used to be maddie waltenbrook's wondrous journey into the arms of a shiksa is its actual german title so do you think they got rid of the yiddish word Just to make it a little more palatable to the Gentiles. I don't know. Maybe that's
0: good marketing, but I don't think that's, that's the segment of the, of the, you know, people out there that they're going for I think it's sort of serving you up a little Jewish content like in the same way that like that that terrible Chris Evans movie where he plays the Mossad agent that I didn't watch right um, I think all, <laughs> similarly and the and the spy the, the Ellie Cohen Netflix yes, show which Ellie was Cohen. actually not bad I yeah. didn't think it was
1: great but it was not bad Spielberg and Sasha Baron Cohen and... uh, I don't know if Spielberg is involved I think but, I thought uh, Spielberg was involved maybe <sighs> it's just Jewish and big budget so I assume Spielberg is involved our producer Michael is checking this out for me now yeah. he's our live fact checker I was gonna say uh,
0: you know Esteban Stilce Spielbergo, uh,
1: like in The Simpsons, <laughs> but it,
0: but Steven Spielberg ar- already sounds pretty Jewish, so exactly. I don't know what the uh, Senor Spielbergo. Yeah, uh, Geber Gever Spielbergson. something right. like That uh, uh, Schmule, uh, Spielberg <laughs> Spiel, Spielbergberg. Spielberg. Yeah. No, no Spielberg. No Spielberg involved in that's, that one. Anyways, nice. I think that's been a good a good run in uh, culture corner for us to start <laughs> off. <laughs> uh but as always we are your uh bi-weekly sports and Jews podcast brought to you as always by the Canadian Jewish news that's right and the CJN podcast network um lot of stuff to talk about today no big ticket items I would say in terms of big Jewish news that's other going than sports other than the Shonda of Alex Bregman not winning the the uh, baseball MVP yeah, well, let's start off there I something we talked about in our previous episodes yeah. uh, no reason for him not to win. Uh, the Astros You know Didn't end up winning The World Series But they were the best team In baseball This regular season Yep uh, mm-hmm. Bregman put up Fantastic stats Mike,
1: Mike Trent's not slides, some, some real Mossad uh, Style techniques Used by the Houston Astros um, They're quite Notorious for spying these days, yeah, it's true. But the voting, I think, happens right after the season.
0: I think or it does right too. At the end, so I think yeah. anything that's the between that and the uh, the guy who uh, I'm not even forgetting his name was it Taubman? Brandon Taubman? Brandon Taubman, who yeah. was Jewish.
1: Unfortunately, we yeah. found out not a great look. No, but
0: um, the stuff with him and losing the World Series and all that um, should have happened after the votes were tallied. So yep, uh, it was close. I mean, he only lost by a few votes, but he did lose all the same. So you know, we're hoping for something better next year.
1: We have said this before. Uh, Mike Trout is not Jewish but he does have a Jewish connection due to the usage of the fish trout in gefilte fish. Yeah, Mike like, Mike a nice piece of trout. <laughs> Oh, that's very good. Mike, you know, salmon was a little expensive, but trout was on sale.
0: Although I think, as we've discussed before, the, the Jews of Southern California are uh, most definitely Dodgers fans and not Angels fans. Absolutely. I, I think as evidenced by the fact that uh, I think whenever we bring up the fact that we do a podcast about Jews and sports, the first thing people talk to us about is Sandy Kovacs. Almost exclusively. Has there, ever <laughs> just, been
1: a, has there ever been a Jew who's played for the uh, LA Angels? I'm
0: sure there has been. No one comes to mind at the moment, but I'm sure there have been at various times. Um, other baseball news... News relating to a Jew, Gabe Kapler, previously uh, manager for the
1: uh, of the who, Philadelphia. Uh,
0: Phil- Philadelphia Phillies, but sorry, you're, you're looking at me like there's some big there is there is angel that we haven't talked about.
1: We're to Brad Osmus, oh, the Brad manager, Osmus, course, Mike Trout's manager, previously previously manager. Is also he, not, fired. he was fired this yeah, year. He was fired, well, he was fired. well, Gabe Kapler was about to become the second Jewish manager in uh, in California, California, except for Bob Melvin, also Jewish of the A's of the A's. So, so now, the, so the Bay, whole Bay Area. Bay Area. Yeah. Well, wow, with Kevin Pillar there, they should all get together for some uh, bagels and Pacific uh, locks. Sure. Uh, so Gabe Kapler, uh, now the manager, or going to be the
0: manager of the San Francisco Giants. Yeah. Uh, I went to a game at AT&T. How great. was it? It was beautiful. It's Did- like right on the water, you know, as you've seen, like Mataki yeah. cove. And uh, I'd like to go to a game again. My sister-in-law lives in San Francisco, so I'm right. sure I'll have an opportunity at some point.
1: Um, between, between Gabe Kapler as the coach and uh, Kevin Pillar as the center fielder, it could be the uh, San Francisco Golems. Yeah, not instead bad. Instead of the Giants. Yeah. The San Francisco Goliaths? Uh, No, Goliath, I feel like, is not a Jewish figure. He's a biblical figure. He's a biblical
0: figure, an enemy of the
1: Jews, of of a biblical figure. Of David. So he also loses, so you don't necessarily want to call yourself the Goliath. But the Golem. Yeah, San Francisco Golem is not bad. Yeah. Uh, Is is Golem singular? There's just like one goal. The team comes together to represent a single. The uh, golem is made out of clay, so it's true. every piece of the team. They're individual pieces of clay that come together to make a mighty golem.
0: Yeah, the original Voltron. Yeah, um, I don't know. That's Megazord. a good.
1: That's a good question
0: on whether or not the golem is singular or what the plural is. We'll have to consult our, our cubilistic uh,
1: <laughs> sources on this. Uh, moving along, I mean, it's a baseball offseason. As but, much as I love the but hot stones, does the Talmud not say that an individual baseball player is only a part? You know, uh, surprisingly, despite its depth and breadth, uh, the Talmud is pretty much silent on baseball. <laughs> uh, I didn't write it. I, well, it's well, not the, my fault. Next Talmud. The next, next edition next, of the next Talmud, Talmud will certainly include Sandy Koufax and Hank Greenberg and Ryan Braun as stories. You yeah. know, Rabbi Akiva in 3050 will talk about how Ryan Braun, Shonda really represented what was said in Leviticus by God. Sure. Why not? Um, moving on to a sport that is in season. Uh, it's about halfway through the NFL season. Yep. Uh, I think
0: we're 10 weeks in or 11 weeks in now. Um, so about halfway through, including playoffs. Wanted to give a little update on some of the Jewish players we've been following along this year. Josh Rosen, the yeah. quarterback for the Miami Dolphins has not had the year that we He's were hoping been sent for to the shuffleboard courts. Yeah. unfortunately. Uh, he's been put out to pasture. Uh, it's sent, almost as if his
1: family sent him to Miami so they didn't have to go visit him anymore. Yeah,
0: I don't know what happens when you have to retire when you already live in Miami. Like, where do you go? Do you go back up north? It's like, you know. Maybe you just go to a different part of Miami. He's
1: already done Arizona and Miami.
0: It's yeah, like, like you
1: were in South Beach. Now you're in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah.
0: I wonder, Is there a third place where Jews go to retire, <laughs> retire that's warm? <laughs> that's I don't know. Warm? It's like nobody's made like a Jewish community. Not all the Jews like, in Galveston. Yeah, exactly. Like the Texas Gulf Coast or like the Mississippi Delta or something like yeah. that. Like as long as it's warm, you know. Palm Springs. Like, there, There's Jews in Palm Springs. Palm Springs. But Palm Springs, I, I feel like, is being part of the larger uh, Arizona desert community. Yeah, that's true. It's all Sonoran. Yeah, exactly. Just sort of like everything east of uh, Bakersfield or whatever is just like. A vast, <laughs> a vast hot, hot <laughs> desert. Yeah, uh, you know that that old Jews congregated. It at. is
1: Death Valley. Maybe, maybe there's like a Jewish artist community in Santa Fe, but it still snows there, so it's not warm enough.
0: No. Um, moving on. Uh, uh Julian Edelman, who we've talked about a lot on the podcast. Yeah. Is he playing raining, well? I'm not. Raining Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. He is. He's actually. Uh, he's on my fantasy team, so I feel like I've I've been keeping a lot of uh, uh, keeping abreast of his situation. But uh, he's on he's, he's on many injury. fantasy teams. Yeah. Am
1: I am I right, uh, ladies? <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: So so far, 716 yards receiving, four touchdowns. Uh. He threw for a touchdown last week, which is pretty fun. Always oh, wow. fun to see a wide receiver on a on a toss back yeah. throw for a touchdown. Uh, Patriots are, you know, uh, 10 and nine and one right now. Like the toast of the AFC, probably going to go to the Super Bowl again, which sucks. The L'chaim of the AFC. Yeah. So he's a big part of that. Uh, he's the best receiver they've had since, uh, you know, somebody else we talked about, uh, Antonio Brown was cut from the team very yeah. early on. Uh, not Jewish, not Jewish, but the owner of a synagogue. <laughs> right. Yes. For some reason. <laughs> um, I, I wish we had a, a better a better recall for like shouting out our previous podcast where it's like and if you want to learn about that
1: right go check to, out episode five right I, I think that was I, it was called the synagogue is where you bless
0: a Up. a synagogue is where you bless up that's great I don't
1: remember the number but it was the episode we did talk a large a lot about Antonio Brown's home synagogue
0: yeah it's a good time to mention that uh, for any of our, our new subscribers people who have uh, caught on to us in the last couple of weeks. Always welcome, always happy to have new people listen to us, but uh, check out the archives. I mean, there's yeah. lots of podcasts there. You know, sometimes yeah. our podcasts are more uh, of the moment, talking about the news of the day, but some of them are, are interviews with people about uh, the interviews we've done with about boxing and tennis yeah. and things like that, where it's, you know, there's they're very, uh, they'll last for a
1: long time. Similar to our podcast, you know, about 15 years ago, a group of very dedicated people went in the caves of Israel, and pulled out the Dead Sea Scrolls. Sure. And those are still relevant messages for 2,000, 2,500, 3,000 years. We're going to try for about 25, 30 weeks. And I think our messages in our, our podcast will still be relevant from then on. So whenever you're listening to this, check out our archives. It's quite
0: high praise for our own work to say it's sort of like the Dead Sea Scrolls of, of podcast. Have you like, read the Dead Sea Scrolls?
1: Absolutely not. Are, so how do we know
0: they're any good? <laughs> I don't think people were impressed by their quality so much as their uh you know impressiveness in terms of that they were so old and yeah well, they, when they contain new new uh new versions of biblical verses well, let's think about,
1: about, about it they're they're only relevant because people have been talking about them so long. Yeah. so when the future baseball Talmud gets written by rabbis braun and Greenberg and kofax sure. or descendants of the such perhaps the menschwarmers will be included in the base, in the baseball talmud. A
0: commentary on the uh, baseball talmud of sorts.
1: Exactly. like Or or they'll mention the menschwarmers as some of the holy texts. That all I'm saying is that 3,000 years from now, dear listener, you could be listening to the Dead Sea Scrolls uh, right now. Yeah, could be. Um, we should take a... <laughs>
0: I, th- I think I think you have a, a very high estimate of, of uh, the
1: longevity of this of, of some of our recordings and also their uh... people were li- writing the Dead Sea Scrolls. Did they think in the Canadian Jewish news it could be around forever? When when Earth is ash and the grass has grown up to our waists. Will the Canadian Jewish News be the only media organization that survives? I think it's totally possible. Just as likely as the New York Times or the Times of London. But the Canadian Jewish News, it could last. Sure. I mean, it it absolutely is, it, is one of,
0: it is one of the few, uh, few newspapers that still has a print edition on the regular.
1: It's true. It's lasted in print longer than most of its contemporaries. So why can't it last in the oral tradition of the Jewish religion? You think this podcast is a, an extension of the, of the oral tradition of Judaism that's uh, gone on for the it, last 5,700 years? That's absolutely what it is. It's, our, it's our, our kibitzing as a people that have kept us alive for 5,000 years. All the way from, going. Mo- from Moses
0: to Sandy Koufax.
1: <laughs> from Abraham to Sandy Koufax. Yeah. If Abraham didn't have that conversation with God uh, about on the mountain, him and Isaac didn't talk. Or if uh, uh, Moses didn't chat with that burning bush. There'd be no no stories. That's no, a good point. I mean, I don't know if podcasting has has been
0: described as a uniquely Jewish art form, but you know, there's lots of prominent. I would Jews I would call there, us but...
1: overrepresented in the medium. Oh, definitely over
0: <laughs> overrepresented in the medium. Uh, compared to other things, I mean, I don't know if it if it's based on the oral history thing, if it if it's a continuation of that. I think Could there's be. there's an oral storytelling part that is prominent in Judaism. I mean, I think, e- yeah. e- even though the you know that we we've had a written Torah for the last several thousand years, certainly for the entirety of our <laughs> lifetime, there is still a focus on oral storytelling in
1: in uh, the high holidays and uh, Passover absolutely. and things like that. And the that. rabbi gives a sermon. I think for many. People and many young Jewish people, especially, who might be sort of living in the secular world. Not that the secular world is anything wrong with it. It's a great world. I love it. Uh, maybe it's just soothing to hear Jews yammer back and forth at each other.
0: Maybe. So if there was no uh, Passover Seder, there would be no cereal.
1: That's that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, and if there were no uh, uh, Jews talking back and forth like this, there might be no... Uh, Pardon my take, not pardon my take. Part of the interruption, right? You know, it's it's a Jewish guy and a black guy yammering back and forth and arguing. We so, have a Jewish guy and a different shaped Jewish guy, yeah, standing here and talking to each other. Some might say that uh, the story of Cain and Abel is the original my favorite murder. <laughs> <laughs> Or is it the original men's or of two Jews talking until one of them eventually gets sick of each other and bludges them to death with a mic? Gabe, if we were able to stop talking when one of us got sick with the other, this
0: podcast <laughs> would only be a few minutes long. Exactly. I uh, think that's a good time uh, for us to take a break. Uh, before we do, we should tell you that uh, we are brought to you by... Uh, a
1: special sponsor today from the Canadian Jewish News. It's an event. Uh, I got a question for you, Jamie. All right. Let me hear it. Uh, Where's your favorite place to shop? It could be a specific mall. It could be a specific type of store. It could be a specific t- tradition of market. What's uh, your favorite?
0: I'm going to give a shout out to uh, my, my
1: suit supplier, uh, Kingsport <laughs> Big
0: and Tall, at, uh, located conveniently at Avenue in Eglinton. They've not paid for this. Uh, but they, they do me right. I mean, you know, they know how to make a suit for, for the, the large man. Is that the Corpulent Canadian? Corpulent Canadian. <laughs> is, are, is that your favorite store in the world? Uh, I wouldn't say it's my favorite store in the world, but I feel like my, the convenience of being able to buy clothes there is, is quite nice and, and easy.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. This is sort of a mercantile just back and forth Do you haggle at all at the store? No, there's not a lot of haggling. It's more just like, this is what you'll pay, and it's a fair price. Are, are by any chance, the suits kind of in fruit carts, kind of scattered around the store, and then you pick them up as it is? No, it's not a uh, green grocer. Well, you know what is like that? What? Uh, It's the Shuk Machne Yehuda, which is visiting Toronto on December 1st and 2nd at the Promenade Mall. Wow, the Promenade Mall. Cool. Uh, (laughs) Exactly, which might be the original Shook if uh, you're Jewish in Toronto. You may not have a lot of experience with downtown Jerusalem, but I promise you, you've been to the Promenade Mall.
0: That's true. Uh, so what's going on there on December 1st and 2nd?
1: There is a, uh, at, in the Sears at the Promenade Mall, or what I guess what used to be the Sears, There, there is saving lives in Canada with you uh, for charity with the famous uh, Jerusalem Market. You can buy uh, what appears to be on this ad flowers and fruit and... Um, Perhaps some sort of guacamole? I can't see closely, but it's, it's definitely some sort of green mush. Um, and a- at this event, uh, the Canadian Jewish News is running a contest where if you subscribe to our newsletter, which will, you'll be available to do at this event, we're giving away a couple of passes to Spongebob the musical. Wow, they're doing
0: a Spongebob musical? They
1: are. Um, the movie was a musical, so is this the same music as the Spongebob movie? I have no idea. I'm not uh, familiar with the SpongeBob canon so much. Yeah, our producer Michael, um, his SpongeBob knowledge also uh, lacks. It, it, it's also not in this ad copy that you have handed me, producer Michael. So it's a we, we don't know, but uh, we know that SpongeBob might be Jewish. I don't think he is. It, it'd be more Sponge shmada. Is there a Jewish? Is there an Israeli? Remember Shalom Sesame? Uh, or like yeah, I don't know if it's sponge,
0: SpongeBob equivalent. I think the closest thing is uh, that guy. Uh, Vince O'Fair with the ShamWow. The
1: ShamWow. Ooh, he'd be ShamWow Bob. Or ShamWow Busy? I don't think it worked out for that guy. I think ShamWow
0: Schmooly? I, I think he's in jail or yeah, has been I, widely discredited. I
1: think he bit a sex worker and is now in jail. Uh Feel,
0: feel free to join us there at the Mahna Yehuda Market at the Promenade Mall on
1: yeah. uh, December 1st and 2nd, 2019. That's right. Uh, uh, buy, and- haggle, have fun. Maybe they'll have one of those carts, you know, that they do in the street in Jerusalem when they have that giant flat bagel. Yeah. Yeah, they could have one of those. I went to the Mahna Yehuda Market when I was in Israel. How was it? I've Great. been there too. It's a lot of fun. Yeah,
0: uh, of anyways, let's take a quick break and uh, talk some more about hockey. Gabe, it's the end of no- getting towards the end of November. There's snow on the ground. That's and right. And we're about 20 games into the NHL season. It's, yeah. ho- it's hockey time in Canada.
1: It's, it's hockey night
0: in Canada. It's hockey night in Canada. Um, big shout out to our local Jew boy, Zach Hyman. The Hyman
1: is unbroken.
0: Yeah. He is back from his ACL tear. Yeah. Uh, I think it was his right, but there's a 50 50 shot on that one. So yeah. let's go with <laughs> right ACL tear. You know, and I saw him at a wedding
1: this summer. I've sure. told this story before. He did not dance the Hora. Fair enough. Uh, he was rehabbing. Well, glad. I that, good. You should be glad that he did, was focused not on dancing, but focused on rehabbing. And now yeah. he's back. 21, 20 odd games into the season. That's right. He, he's at the quarter pole, but uh, he's back. Uh, number eleven. What's eleven in Hebrew? Uh, achadaser. 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 Yeah. Number Achadaser.
0: Yeah. And as he comes back, a, uh, a farewell to Mike Babcock. Yeah. Uh, formerly the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. He was, was fired today. He was uh, uh, cut. Yeah. They cut the Babcock. Yeah. Uh, a little bris for the <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, hopefully that, you know, doesn't affect performance, but uh, gives it a better aesthetic vibe. Yep. And, uh, you know, maybe if this is, if Hyman coming back creates some sort of covenant with uh, with the
1: God of Abraham, then there's worse things. Yeah, that's true. That is it, it. Is it a total coincidence in the eyes of God that the Jewish player returns on the day the Babcock is cut? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I think we're getting we're getting the kill signal from our producer saying this is this is the end of our of our uh, babcock conversation. Wait, well, what's the Torah portion this week? I'm going to look at cuz maybe there's something to do with that. I uh, can you Google current Torah portion? Yeah, you absolutely can. Uh, maybe maybe that's something uh, we should have done before. But <gasps> based on when it is in the Bible, it's probably around Brist time, right? Uh, it is actually Chaya Sarah, which was my uh, bar mitzvah portion. Oh, that's exciting. Which is uh, about 40 minutes discussing Abraham's negotiation with the Hittites for Sarah's burial plot. Yeah, okay. It sort of goes back and forth with... Abraham offered 20 shillings or. I believe or you've talked sh-
0: about this before on the podcast.
1: I have. That's <laughs> yeah. um, important and I remember it. That said, uh, it unfortunately doesn't seem to have much to do with, with the snipping of the Babcock.
0: Yeah. So in other big hockey news, uh, you know, the story has sort of come and gone and uh, been dealt with as much as it can, but I think it's important that we talk about it uh probably the biggest story in in canadian sports this year and i'm talking about uh don cherry's controversial comments and eventual firing um so i just wanted to read exactly what he said
1: for for our american british argentinian australian korean and i believe indian listeners sure um we see you in the subcontinent shout out and thank you for listening uh don cherry was sort of a canadian televised uh blowhard he would uh make his custom suits out of dresser fabric and discuss uh, his love for hard nosed hockey and his disdain for immigrants.
0: Yeah, he had a weekly segment on uh, Hockey Night in Canada, which I think it must be the most watched program on. on I think it is. I think every every uh, week it is a premier Saturday night hockey game where he would give his take during the uh, first intermission on you know the news of the day, the weekend hockey, news. exactly. Yeah. And he's always had a reputation for being a sort of um, an ideologue, someone who is trying to enforce the old style rules of hockey. Yep. And he's got end in hot water society. in the past. Yeah, and of society. <laughs> someone who's gone into hot water in the past for his comments but uh this ultimately led to his downfall so um again we should we should say this because you know we we mostly talk to a canadian audience here but we we recognize that we have listeners all around the world um in canada there's a real tradition towards wearing a poppy in november around remembrance day uh this is also done in england and uh in in britain and in other parts of commonwealth and other countries um, as well some americans do it uh it is based on the the field and sorry the poem in flanders field which was written by a canadian uh, John McCrae, John McCrae, not Jewish, over a hundred years ago, and it commemorates uh, the armistice from World War One, but it's just a symbol of uh, respect for the veterans and, yeah. uh, and and the rem- dead, and literally. the dead. And uh, Cherry Don Cherry took some issue with people he saw not wearing the poppy, apparently, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm just going to read his quote here. He said, "You people that come here, whatever it is, you love our way of life." You love our milk and honey. At least you could pay a couple bucks for poppies or something like that. And he singled out uh, people from downtown Toronto and people from Mississauga. as Two being of the most
1: diverse cities in the world, it is worth mentioning. Certainly as, in the country.
0: Certainly. Of, as being the people who he saw not wearing the poppy. And uh, this elicited a, a firestorm instantly. As I said, you know, it's a very watched program. People, everyone was hearing this.
1: The, uh, just uh, some context. The complaint line... For the Canadian television standards uh, shutdown, oh wow! It was so filled. It was so filled with complaints. They literally could not take any more. Wow! After what he said,
0: and uh, eventually he was he was fired. I mean, he was forced to resign. And uh, you know, people just dove into this and, and were so uh, disturbed by what it was. And I, I think it's it's something that we should talk about as Jews um, because of what it means to a shared experience of immigration mm-hmm. and being the other and all that. So. He singled out Mississauga. Yeah, that is, I think, for people in Toronto or people in the Greater Toronto Area, uh, a real dog whistle for non-white people.
1: Yeah, he's talking about particularly South Asians.
0: Yeah, he's talking about South Asian, uh, Indian, Pakistani, East Asian, East Asian, Middle Eastern communities. That's mm-hmm. what it means when someone says Mississauga, because there's lots of suburbs around Toronto, Yeah. and there's lots of suburbs that are pretty lily white, and uh, Mississauga is not one of them. Mississauga is not one of them. So when someone says Mississauga or they say Brampton uh, adjacent to Mississauga, what they mean is they mean immigrants. They mean mean brown people. They mean brown people. And I think when he says you people in the way that he did, which was really one of the comments that was so focused on. you know, Something
1: a lot of Jewish people have heard talked about them all the time. Exactly.
0: And I think that's something that we need to, you know, we should have some brotherhood and solidarity here in that you people not that long ago meant Jews Mm -hmm. exclusively. And when someone was talking about you people who uh, come to our beaches or you people who, uh, you know, don't respect the rules of the country club or something like that, Mm -hmm. or you people who uh, try and get ahead in business through uh, unethical tactics or whatever it was, that you people is Jews. And it is through uh, a number of factors, including, I think, just the the era in which Jews immigrated, Mm -hmm. the fact that uh, we are able to blend in to mainstream white society in lots of ways. Yep. Uh, whether through intermarriage and other things, uh, that Jews have, you know, taken on a, a sheen of whiteness. And yep. I'm not discounting for a minute the fact that Jews continue to be the most targeted communities in terms of hate crimes uh, that continue to, to suffer from anti-Semitism in all parts of the world, even parts of the world where we thought we were safe. But despite that, we have been been allowed in to a large degree. Mm-hmm. And we are not the you people anymore. But it, it was within, you know, our grandparents' lifetime that there were... Uh, parts of the city, Our parents' lifetime, that they weren't allowed to go to. You know that there were stores that they weren't allowed to shop in, or restaurants they weren't, or hotels they weren't allowed to frequent, and that you know they were the you people. Yeah. So now there's a new you people, and uh, no one would think to raise an issue of Jews not wearing uh, poppies. And you know I think lots of Jews do, and some Jews don't for whatever reasons. You know just like lots of other people do, but no one's singling us out, uh, not for that at least. But when somebody else does. I think it is the responsibility of every Jewish person to say, you know, that's not me. That's not me who's being criticized here, Mm -hmm. but I need to stand up for somebody who is because that is a shared experience that we have. Even if it wasn't one that we experienced personally, it was an experience that uh, forged what it meant to be a Jew in this part of the world or or a Jew in lots of parts of the world.
1: So what bothers, I think that's very, very well said and very apt and true. Um, What bothers me about most of this from the Don chair angle. I see two issues with it personally. Sure. I think it's good overall that finally he has gone too far. We now know that there is a limit to how long you can say, uh, sort of xenophobic things on TV. It's about 45 years, but we now <laughs> know that yeah. the limit has been reached right. for him specifically. Um, I, I'm put off by two things specifically. Okay. And one that the defense of his free speech, uh, that people often say he should say what he wants and not suffer consequences for it, seems to ignore the right to free speech of choosing not to wear a poppy. Sure. Um, And one, I'm not saying one of those things is necessarily good or bad, but it's sort of a catch-22 situation where somebody uh, feels like that Uh, some, someone else is not behaving the way they should, they should be allowed to behave in a way that criticizes others' behavior.
0: Sure. And look, look, I think I'm as big a free speech advocate as, as anyone I know. I believe there should be basically no restriction on, on free speech in terms of what the government, uh, Puts on, on on the ability of an individual to say yeah. say their mind, but that doesn't mean freedom from consequences. No. And these were the consequences. I mean, it's a he, where his employer was a multi billion dollar corporation. Yeah, that employs a huge amount of uh, brown people. Yeah. His former CEO was uh, Indian Canadian, I believe. Yep. Um, so I'm talking about Rogers here, and. You know, that it's not freedom from consequences. These are the consequences. And the reality is that anyone, who, I think, who is saying free speech, free speech, he should be allowed to speak his mind, are people who agree with Cherry. And there's been yeah. a ton of support for him. Yeah. And I think he already has his own podcast that's getting plenty of listens so, and and support from from that part of the world. That goes
1: into my second point. Sure. Just to, I don't mean to cut you off, but I think you, you hit the nail on the head, is that he has had so much support and a lot of his... and. Believe me, Don Jerry has had plenty of airtime on many nationally televised interviews, on his podcast that is being promoted in every newspaper and newscast throughout the country. Sure. As well on the show that he got fired from, Uh, his his former partner talked talked about it, um, where he says, oh, there are so many people that agree with me. There are so many people that agree with me. And what troubles me about it is it's not about who agrees with him. It's about who doesn't. And it 's a lack of willingness to understand those who don't agree with them, like us, right. and why, and Jamie really eloquently put earlier about why we don't agree with them, given that not so long us and many other Jewish people um, and many other you know Italian people or, or Portuguese people, and I'm only talking about people who can pass for white. Yeah. Irish people also got this sort of uh, uh, disinterest from the white Canadian majority. Right. Uh, and it's, we know that we've experienced that, this, and we're on the side of, of, you know, the victims. I don't want to say the victims, but we're on the side of those he was speaking to emotionally as we've been there recently. And he has no interest in hearing what anyone has no. to say other than those who agree with that's
0: him. That's right. And I, I mean, I think, you know, what's sort of unsaid or unspoken that, that's, you know, at the basis of his comment is basically to say, uh, there is a way to be Canadian. And that way to be Canadian includes wearing a poppy, Mm -hmm. and it is uh, un-Canadian for someone not to. And you brown people who are not wearing poppies are not Canadian because of that. Despite the fact that, you know, we're at a time now where there's plenty of second and third and fourth generation immigrants from all different parts of the world who have made Canada their home that are as Canadian as anybody else.
1: Our defense minister is a Sikh man. Yeah, exactly.
0: So, you know, it is just that underlying issue. That it's just like well when i see a white person not wearing a poppy i don't think twice about it yeah. but when i when i see a brown person wearing a pop not wearing a poppy uh that there's people for whom it triggers a and it's a very new person who has
1: come to our country
0: fight. yeah who has come to to my country right. anyways look i i think ultimately cherry has the views of a 85 uh, year old white man that are unsurprising for who yep. he is and that he's made clear year years over years mm-hmm. and look I think part of it as well is simply that he is old and expensive and the, uh, the Sportsnet and Rogers had the coverage, you know, to make this sort of decision Mm -hmm. that they had the ability to do it without too much, uh, blowback. They felt willing to do it. Um, but still, you know, I I, honestly, I feel like, and I'm not someone who watches a lot of coaches, coaches corner, but I'm just, this is great. You know, it's good that he's out. Yeah. Uh, I hope that there's, you know, because of the stature of the position, uh, I hope that it's someone with a, with a more interesting or current worldview. Who, oh, there's this more diverse
1: viewpoint. Yeah.
0: And uh, I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't know if they're planning on replacing him with somebody else or, or mm-hmm. what they're planning on doing with the segment. I mean, you know, I think there is a bit of an issue with hockey that we've talked about in the past, that it is the whitest of the professional yeah. sports. And in Canada, it is still the sport that is largely for white people and large
1: uh, sort of cultural and financial barrier to entry.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we haven't seen, uh, non white Canadians embrace hockey the way they have, for example, mm-hmm. basketball, yep. uh, and even baseball and football and things like that. Um, like and you cricket
1: know, is yeah. another example. Sure. I mean, it's huge in Canada.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, there's already a number of, uh, black Canadian NBA players, yep. you know, like Andrew Wiggins and, and, and people of that era, the sort of Carter generation yep. who have made in the NBA, uh,
1: there's, Only been a handful of black Canadian NHL players, period. I think there's a lot of hope, and I don't want to put any pressure on this in case he happens to be listening somehow. But I think there's a lot of hope on P.K. Saban and his brothers um, to sort of lead the next generation of black Canadian hockey fans and players. Sure. Um, I know he's talked about that being a responsibility he feels. Um, he has two brothers who are also in the NHL, and I think him being the oldest and the the most successful probably feels it the most. But he talks about it as a real, a real bridge he's trying to build. Well, I, I, I'm sure that he will take that on,
0: and mm-hmm. I respect that he is uh, trying to do that. Obviously, hockey has been a huge part of his life and his family's life. Um, but, you know, I don't think that there has been the same movement from the rest of hockey mm-hmm. to be as inclusive or to embrace people from different backgrounds, uh, as a the way there have been in other sports. And, you know, yeah. part of that's simply the barrier to entry, uh, hockey is more expensive and, and requires a different level of time commitment that might not be available to, uh, recent immigrant communities who are, yep. who are trying to make it in Canada, um, as opposed to something like basketball or, or football, which, you know, just needs a field and, yeah. a, and a ball. and a ball. Like that. Uh, but you know, I think this, I hope this is a sort of, uh, catalyzing point for for hockey where they can look at themselves a little bit hockey can look at itself a little bit hockey in Canada you know this distinctly Canadian thing and
1: and I would imagine there are plenty of people plenty of uh, there's obviously some hockey executives and hockey people the powers that be that agree with what Don Cherry said but I bet you there are just as many who are horrified by it and feel the same way that you do and that this could be an inflection point to make the the culture a whole lot more welcoming yeah
0: well I know it got a little somber there, a little serious. Uh, it can't all I'll be uh, Mike Babcock jokes. Um, but uh, I, I hope that was an interesting conversation, you know, about these recent events and, and maybe a little bit of a Jewish spin on it. Um, until next time, you can find us at Facebook at the uh, CJN Podcast Network, and you can find us on Twitter mm-hmm. at
1: Menschwarmers. That's right. Uh, we are also available anywhere you get your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. I'd also like to thank uh, the CJN for hosting us, as well as Michael Freeman for guest producing, the executive producer of the CJN Podcast Network. And I'd love to close with a reminder that. Larry Larry Tannenbaum, if you are listening, we would love to discuss the firing of Don Cherry with you, as well as the future of the Toronto sports teams. Yeah, that's what he's going to talk to us about. This is like our uh, sorry for bumping that day, A. Yeah, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> exactly, that's... We'll, we'll ask
0: Larry for, for his take on the day until he gets until, until he has <laughs> until he has the guts to come on this podcast and
1: answer the <laughs> answer the tough <laughs> questions. to our faces. Yeah, that's exactly uh, right.
0: So yeah, until next time, uh, we're the Uh Love to hear from you and see you soon.